0: well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. You're with us tonight because I know my granddaughter, Lauren, is going to love what I'm going to say here in a minute. I tell, her all, I tell her this all the time. Know what? I tell her all the time that I'm perfect. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to be as Jesus, right? Jesus was perfect. So if Jesus can be perfect, we can be perfect, right? No, that's not right. That's not right. <laughs> no matter how hard we try, we can't be perfect. Not in, not in this life, not until we get to heaven. Then, we can, then we'll be perfect. And when I thought of that today, God gave me four names right off the top of my head or off you know, but uh, first one was Abraham. Now if you read the Bible you know you'd look at you would think that Abraham was you know about as perfect as you can get but he blew it because he didn't want to wait on God you know he wanted to have a child so he tried with his you know, the handmaiden and we all know where that got him and another one that god brought up was moses and i know he wasn't perfect you know he couldn't even follow directions Um, you know god told him to get water to hit take his staff and hit this rock and moses decided i'm going to help him out i'm going to hit it twice do we need to help god out no we don't need to help god out he knows what he's doing so we just got to, you know, let him have the rule. The third person that he brought up that was not perfect, and there's a lot of them in the Bible that are not perfect, but the third one was, uh, was David. You know, the, the, the word of God says that David was a man after his own heart. But David also tried to help things out. He did, you know, he, did, he wouldn't let God have total control. And the last one he gave me was, was Peter. And we, we know Peter wasn't, you know, wasn't perfect. Peter says one thing one minute and something else the next. He couldn't make up his mind. He couldn't, you know, with walking on the water, you know, he got out and he started out fine. But then he blew it. You know, he started getting in letting his own mind take over. And, you know, that's not a good thing when you do that because then, you know, Whenever we start jumping in and trying to help God out what's going to happen? It's all going to fall apart. That's right. So Lauren, you're going to hear me say it tonight. I am not perfect, but I'm awesome. So, so my sermon tonight to be honest with you, when I gave Beth the, the scriptures on Sunday morning, that was as soon as I, you know, I mean, I've known about doing this for a, a month now. And I could not get any anywhere with trying to, you know, uh, you know we, I was praying about it. You know, nothing was coming across. And finally on Sunday morning, God gave me what he wanted me to talk on. And that's our authority in Jesus' name. You know, we can take authority over a lot of different things. Um, one of the things that, you know, here, late, I, and I don't know how many people know it, but last September, uh, after being down at Disney, I, when we got, after I got home, my wife looked at me and said, are you losing weight? And I said, I, you know, I'm not on a diet, you know, I don't, don't know. And she said, well, I can tell it in your face and your neck that you've lost weight. So we checked. And just in the two weeks that I was at, we were at Disney, I had lost 20 pounds. And by, the, by mid of, mid-September, I had lost almost 40 pounds. And so I went to the doctor, and I found, he told me, he says, well, he did some blood work, and he says, well, you've got a hyperthyroid. And for those, you know, that controls a lot of, you know, weight and things like that. So he told me, we're gonna put you on a, on a pill that's going to regulate that. And I looked at him and my doctor is pretty used to me and so is my rheumatologist. They're used to me because when he told me, he said, we're going to put you on this pill. You've got this this hyperthyroid. I told him, I said, well, that's fine. You can put me on the pill if you want. But I'm healed. You know, God is my healer. And you know, he just looked at me and smiled and said, okay, but we're going to put you on the pill anyway. And uh, they, we tried two different medications and by February, nothing had helped. So he sent me to an endocrinologist and he says, well, the first thing we're going to do, he says, we're going to give you radioactive iodine and kill your thyroid. And if uh, most of you know, I, I missed a service or two right after we got back from uh, Japan because I had that, I had taken that radioactive iodine and I couldn't be near anybody. You know, otherwise I would radiate other people too. <laughs> so, um, he told me I had to wait, you know, six weeks. Go back, take the blood work again, and uh, that would tell them what dose of medicine that I was going to have to be on. A, you know, take a pill for the rest of my life. And uh, so I told him the same thing. I told him I said, "Well, I said, you know, we'll, I'll do the, I'll take the iodine." I said, and um, all that. I said, but. I said, "I'm. I know I'm healed in Jesus' name." I said, "It's not going to do any good," you know. And uh, he's an Indian gentleman, and he just gave me the strangest look when I told him that. You know, what do you mean you're going to you're healed? That's what my job is. And uh, so I took the iodine last Monday. Yes, last no, this Monday. It's just this last Monday of this week. <coughs> Excuse me. I went and took the blood work and then I went back to see him on Tuesday and he looked at, when he came in the room, he looked at me so puzzled. He says, I don't know what went wrong. He said, but your thyroid's normal. And I just smiled and told him, I said, God's my healer. <laughs> so he wasn't, he wasn't buying any of it. He's going to, he's going to. He's going to, in three months, i got to go back and take more blood work, and he's going to check again. But I told him, I said, well, you can take all the tests you want, but understand God is my healer. I'm healed. Um, And I told him about, what was it, 1985, right before we moved up to Wisconsin, I was told the same thing. I had a hyperthyroid, going to have to put you on this pill, and... Uh, they, I talked them down, you know, they wanted to kill my thyroid right off and I talked them down about two medications to a medicine that they normally give teenagers that would regulate it. And within a year, the thyroid was normal. And so for almost 30 years I haven't had any problem with it. Satan is going to try to come back on you every chance he can you know, so he came back, he he couldn't get me with a bunch of other stuff, you know, I mean, he's he's tried giving me arthritis, he's tried, you know, different things, and, you know, I just keep getting over, you know, overcoming all that, so he tried this one that I'd had 30, he thought I'd forgot, you know, I don't forget that kind of stuff, and, you know, so every day, and that was the good thing that I, I liked about what Carlos said, when he was getting ready to pray for people up front, when you pray, you don't, pray for the healing. You just, you thank God for the healing. God's word already says that by his stripes, we were healed. It's already there. And, you know, when Sandy and I first started coming to Faith Walk, we heard that message. And so that's been part of our vocabulary for the last 31 years. We thank God for our healing every day, sometimes two or three times a day, you know, depending on you know whether we're doing it with meals or whatever but as we pray we're constantly thanking him for our healing we're thanking him for our prosperity um, he meets every meets all of our needs um, it was probably what, it was about four years ago I got laid off from um, one company and I was I was laid off for 18 months now, in the natural, I was making $300 a week because I was on unemployment, unemployment all that time. But my bills didn't change. I still had to pay all, you know, all the same bills I'd been paying before. And I was never in the hole because we thanked him for our, for our prosperity. You know, he meets all, all of our needs. And he brought us through that. A year and a half later, I got a job and went to work for Alcoa. So, you know, he watches over each and every one of us. And we do this. um, No, I'm not going to go there just yet. Um, We do this because, you know, it's a growing process, just as there's, you know, a growing process in, in the natural. Your body. I have never heard of anybody being born as a as an adult. You you're born as a little baby and you grow and you learn all the time. You're, you're constantly learning at 65 years old I'm still learning and it's the same thing with Christianity you're not born on this level up here or born again when you're born again you're down here you have to constantly learn and the best way to learn is read the bible it's um, you know I like to get up early anyway uh, not as early as I did this morning but uh, I like to get up early, and I'll take about, you know, 45 minutes to an hour, to read my, read the Word, and then to pray before I go to work. And I still get there ahead of every everybody else, so it's really nice. I go around and pray over all their desks and their offices too. So, you know, uh, people know. Well, people at work know I'm a pastor. I've never told anybody. I don't know how it ever came about, but they know it, and I get. People coming in all the time, they'll sneak in and get on my computer and they'll change my screensaver and uh, it'll say, one of them put in there one time, you know, Pastor Jim, or Reverend Jim, he calls it Reverend Jim. I don't know if you ever watched the, the old TV show Taxi, but uh, they had a goofy character on there that he was burned out on drugs, but he was a, he'd become a pastor so they called him Reverend Jim. I I've never taken drugs so I don't know how, I don't know the reference, but, <laughs> Maybe it's just that I'm goofy. I don't know. Um, but with the spiritual gifts or sp- the spiritual growth, you're doing the same thing. You start out low, and every day you learn more and more. And it's not just reading the Word. You have to have that relationship with God and with the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit will continue to guide you and direct you. Now, um, we all we fall, fall into the same thing. We try to help God out. Has it ever worked out for anybody that, that when you know, God told you to do something and you decided to do it a different way than what he, he did he told you to do it? It never works out. And God in my, in my life, God is a lot like my natural father. I could always tell when I did something or didn't do something the right way that my father had told me to, or if he ever heard me call him father, he'd, he would have smacked me. My Pappy was, you know, he, <laughs> that's what we all called him, we always called him Pappy. When he would try and teach us something, and we would decide on our, on our own, we know more than you do. This is how we want to do it. My dad was very quiet. Um, he'd start reading the newspaper or whatever. And I have found in my life, it's the same thing with God. You know, God will give me a direction. And I did, I've done it before. I've decided, you know, this is a better way of doing that. I've, in the past, I've tried to help him out with me, uh, messages that he wanted me to preach. he he give me the message, and i said, say, well, but I want this one. You know, I like this over here. It doesn't work out. And I can always tell because God's not speaking to me. He gets very quiet. And as soon as I hear that quiet, then I know, okay, I'm not doing what God wants me to do. You know, and I ask him, you know, I tell him, okay, you know, what, where did I go wrong? And he'll point it out, and he'll get me back on that path that he wants me to be on. But, um, you know, it's just a it's a constant growing thing. And, you know, the, the good thing is uh, God requires more out of you each and every day. You know, at work... My boss is happy if I just if I, you know, there's certain things that I have to do every day and if I do, if I do those items he's he's happy. You know, he doesn't require more out of me each day like God does. God is God is constantly pushing because he wants you to grow. He wants you to go from level to level to level and grow with him. So he's, he requires more out of us each and every day. And another thing that Carlos had talked about on Sunday that I really liked um, was to be expectant. Those of you who are married know that your spouse expects certain things out of you, and God expects certain things out of us. And I had um, it brought up when I was looking at these verses, to, uh, well, today again too, but on Sunday. It brought up a message that Ken Hagen, Jr. had talked about when he was, uh, oh, he was probably in his mid-20s when he brought this up. When he was in high school, he'd gotten a ear infection. He was on a swim team. And his dad, Ken Hagen, Sr., was out on some on an evangelistic tour. And the thing, ju- it just kept getting worse and worse. They had a little tool he said that had three little blades on it, and they'd stick it in his ear and turn it and scrape this junk out of his ear and then pack it for stuff and it was a painful thing so he was waiting for his dad to get home and as soon as his dad got home he told me he, told he says I've got this earache he said you need to pray for my healing so Ken Hagan Sr. told him said okay let's kneel down he said we'll pray and they got they knelt down and Ken Hagen Jr. said it was very quiet. Nobody. He, nobody was saying anything. And finally, he looked up and he, at his dad. He says, "Aren't you going to pray?" And his dad says, "Not my, not my problem." He said, "You pray," and then he said, "Then I'll." He said, "I'll throw my prayer up afterward and help you know help it get up there." Um, and so it, you know it happened that way. But you know Ken Hagen Senior expected out of his son. You know by this time, 18 years he's been living with Ken Hagen Senior. You know going you know knowing what he does and but he expected his son to know you know this he wanted to bring him up to that level after that you know Ken Hagan Jr. said he didn't have any problems with with praying and believing for his healing he had learned and he, he learned how to develop into that prayer warrior so it's you know it's it's constantly constantly going around and trying to learn new things Let's look at uh, Mark chapter 16 and verses 17 and 18. Mark 16 and verses 17 and 18. And it says, and this is Jesus speaking. He says, and these signs will follow those who believe in my name. They will cast out demons. They will speak the new to- with new tongues. They will take up serpents. And if they drink any dead- anything deadly, it will not- it by no means hurt them. And they will lay hands on the sick and they will recover. Could you tell the, the with those verses the, the, the theme that was being throughout that? there's one word that kept showing up now in the new in the King James version it's it's the word shall in this in the New King James it's the word will but he kept telling he kept saying if they believe in me they will lay hands on the sick and see them healed they will cast out demons there's no doubt we have the authority in Jesus's name Jesus gave us his power of attorney now, others have tried it, and uh, you know the verses escape me right at the moment, but um, others have tried to cast out demons of people, and they couldn't do it. but they weren't following the, the, the rules. You've got to do it in Jesus' name. In, um, the word says that if you ask anything in my name, believing that you have it, you shall receive it. And how, how much stuff does any the word anything cover? I can't think of anything that it doesn't cover. So if you ask anything, whether you need a new car, whether you need finances, whether you need healing, whatever, if you ask it in Jesus' name, then you shall receive it. There's no doubt. We expect that. I expect, uh, I expect God and you know some people may say it you know it doesn't sound right but when I've done my part when I've asked Jesus in Jesus's name for healing then I expect God to do his job and provide the healing or to provide the the, uh, what am I talking? the prosperity so it's a two-way street God expects more out of us each and every day But we have the right to expect him to do what he said. He will not do anything other than what his word says he will do. But we have the right to expect him to do what his word says. Let's go on to John chapter 16 and verses 23 and 24. Okay, John 16 verses 23 and 24 again this is Jesus speaking he says in that day you will ask me nothing most assuredly I say to you whatever you ask of the ask the father in my name he will give you until now you have asked nothing in my name ask and you will receive that your joy may be made full they um, you know it's the same thing going all the way through this we have to ask when you're growing up as a as a child I know that there's times when when your parents would would give you a present but most of the time if you wanted something you had to ask for it and it's the same thing as a Christian if you want it you're going to have to ask him for it so you know it's just it's um but there's a, there's a the rule that the way you have to do that is you have to ask it in Jesus' name. We have that authority, but there again, if you go to a court, there's certain ways that the court operates. You just don't walk in and, and the judge will automatically say, okay, you know, I, I find for the plaintiff or I, whatever. You, know, you have to ask. You have to, you know, there's certain rules that you have to follow. And it's the same thing with God. You follow, follow the rules and there's nothing that he won't let you have let's go to mark 11 and chapter verse 24. We talked about this verse already, but um, mark eleven verse twenty four says, Therefore I say to you, whatever things you ask for when you pray, believe that you receive them, and you will have them you know God's given you his his uh, his word right there whatever you ask for you're going you're going to get it. This is one thing that you know it took me. A long time to be able to you know to to learn that rule um, there again one of the things as I was growing up you know uh, my dad always taught us you know he taught us to be self-reliant um, to this day it's hard for me not to want to just work by myself I have a hard time working with other people um, and my wife uh, She's very vocal about that. Uh, <laughs> she, uh, yeah, because uh, the people don't do things the way I do them, and that's that's hard for me to. Uh, well, I'll say it the way I was going to say it. It's hard for me to put up with. You know, I'll start doing something, and, and I'll see what they're doing, and I got I stop what I'm doing, and I have to go over here and show them how I want them to, how I want it to be done. <clears throat> Excuse me, how I want it to be done. I have a hard time giving in. And um, I have, you know, for a long time I had that, and I still, I drift back into it once in a while, but I had a hard time giving in to God, you know, because I know this is how it should be done. This is how I want to do it. You know, I want to I do it my way. And my, God gave me my perfect helpmate with Sandy because she is, like I said, she's very vocal about telling me um, you know if I start whining about something she she'll tell me you know stop whining and, and pray about it um, or if things aren't going right you know she'll say stop take a minute go pray about it and then come back and finish it and you know so she you know it's my perfect helpmate she's she's uh, my rock and a lot of that stuff so um, but I've had to learn to give in and to do what God you know do it God's way because if I do it God's way, it's going to come out better than I ever could. I could ever make it come out. And you know, so it's a it's something that everybody has to work on. Everybody does it. Everybody thinks about you know my way is a little bit better. I know they do. Don't tell me you don't. But <laughs> uh, but we got to give in to God. Now naturally. Yeah, there are some things that I can do better than than some other people, but there are people that can can do a lot of things better than me. Uh, I love love remodeling the house, but um, we just had both bathrooms redone. And the first thing my wife told me was that we're gonna hire it done. And that was a hard one for me. I've never, you know, me let somebody else come into my house and do something and uh, but they were in and they were in and out in two days per bathroom it would have taken me probably two or three weeks to do both bathrooms (laughs) so it was worth it there are people out there that can do things better than me and some people can do things faster than me but you know the one thing I'm, I'm happy about is like uh, is the fact that I can't do anything better than God and I know like with uh, with uh, the other day I had the opportunity to speak to a gentleman that I work with um, his wife has an autoimmune disease and she's constantly in the hospital you know and on tons of medication and He's one of the ones that I go when I go in early. I'm pray, I pray over his chair and over his computer, so anything he touches, you know, it's good. You know, the prayer is going to be there. And the other day, he he sat down and, and he talked to me about this for the first time. And I've known him for probably twenty years. And uh, it was hard for him, but you know, we talked a long time, and I explained to him what you know about God. You know, he had a basic knowledge of God um as did i before i before i became born again but you know he didn't know anything about you know the bible he'd never read the bible so we sat down and and i i always have well i've got about four or five bibles in different places at work and in my car and everything else but i i pulled out one of one of my bibles and i gave it to him and i you know i pointed out because on the inside cover uh i have a list of healing verses and I have a list of prosperity verses, and I just told him I said, "What you need?" And, well, and then salvation verses also. But I told him I said, "What you need to do?" I said I started him with the salvation verses. I told him you need to read those verses first. I said, and then read the ones about healing. And uh, he came back to me yesterday, and I was able to lead him to the Lord. So then we talked a little bit more about healing. And if, you know, to me, if, I, if you'd asked me if I was ever going to, uh, because when I first got born again, I went to a Baptist church and Baptists are very good at going out and reaching other people, except for me. You know, I was like, no, I, you know, I don't want to do that. And uh, one time after, not long after we started coming to Faith Walk, God spoke to me and said, if you'll, if you'll start talking I'll give you the words to say, and ever since then, it's been it's been easy to to talk to others about Jesus. Uh, I know Pastor talks about the people at, uh, at like Walmart or or Hy-Vee in the in the you know in the lines being able to talk to me. We you know, it's very easy now to, to talk to them and tell them about Jesus. One of them will, you know they'll be telling you, oh you know I've had a horrible day. Well, you know your day can be better just you turn it over to God <laughs> so you know it's but it's a it's a training thing you got it you've got to get into that training mode and, and you got to want to learn now I know I got in trouble a while back because in one of my one of my messages I used this phrase and I'm going to use it again but there are people that come to church And they want to absorb all this knowledge. I mean, I I knew one couple that they went to every camp meeting with Kevin, no, Kenneth, Kevin, Kenneth Hagen, or uh, Kenneth Copeland. um, I can't think of the other guy's name now, uh, Southern Baptist guy, but he's spirit-filled. Oh, Norval Hayes. But they were going all over the country to all these meetings because they wanted to absorb that information. You know that that, the work but they never gave anything out. And I I referenced that as as their spiritual ticks. You know, if you know what a tick is, a tick gets on somebody or an animal or something and and all they wanna do is suck the blood. And they they will literally suck enough blood until they finally pop. And, but they never give anything out. There's really nothing that they, they do good and to me for somebody that wants to run around all the time and go to all these meetings and just absorb and absorb and absorb but they never give anything out you know it, it's a, to me that you know I just call them spiritual ticks they're, they're, they're there just to suck it in and not give you know not do anything good with it I have found that I, I, I do better if I give stuff out if I'm if I like when I talked to this gentleman led him to the Lord and that. When I start, you know, go to the next meeting, whether it's here at church or somewhere else, then I got more room to be able to absorb something else, to be able to listen to God and and to be able to take in what he wants me to learn. But um, we just all need to be in that mode. You know, whatever you take in, give out. I find it very satisfying to work at the, the Oasis you know I had one person tell me said all you well all you do is go down there and you hand out clothes or you hand out household goods and you know that's not a big deal it is a big deal because it gives me the opportunity to be around people that don't know Jesus now we get a few in that you know that do know the Lord and we get a few in that will tell you that they know the Lord because that's what they think you want they want you you know you want to hear and then we get people that you know have no idea and they're there hurting because, you know, well, there was a couple weeks ago when I was down there. Right before we got ready to close, uh, a young couple came in, had a little baby. They had lost everything in a fire two days before that. They had just found another apartment, but they had nothing. And so while I'd take, I was getting ready to take them back to the, uh, the clothing area and tell them, you know, pick out whatever you want, you know, like I said, it was probably about two or three minutes before we were supposed to lock the door. And then the next thing I know, there's a knock on the door. <laughs> and it was, there, I went out, there was two pickups out front full of dining tables and chairs, uh, a love seat, a, a recliner, all kinds of beds and everything. And they wanted, you know, somebody had passed away and they were giving all this stuff away. They wanted you know, you know, I told him I said I have the perfect, perfect family for you, and I explained to him what had happened. They didn't even unload it; they actually took it to the apartment for the, the, this young couple. But while we're doing it, and they were, f- they were from. Um, uh, it was a Catholic church over in Rock Island, and I can't remember which one it was. But we got we with that, we got to be able to talk to this young couple, and got to s- see them born again also. That's, to me that's what that's what the Oasis is about you know we're not there just to give out clothes we're not there just to give out uh, uh, home furnishings that's all good things but we're there to minister to the people that come in and you know to me that's just you know that I, that's what I enjoy about it I wish I could go down and work more but I, I can only afford one day one day a month so a little advertisement if you guys are looking for something to do, come on down to the Oasis on Friday after, or Fridays or Saturdays. There's lots of opportunities. And the last thing, let's look at Mark 11, 25 and 26. And this is one of the key things with, with getting uh, prayers answered. Again, it's Jesus speaking. It's uh, Mark 11, chapter or verses 25 and 26. It says, And whenever you stand praying, if you have anything against anyone, forgive him, that your Father in heaven may also forgive you your trespasses. But if you do not forgive, neither will your Father in heaven forgive your trespasses. You have to, you have to go into it with a, a forgiving attitude. Uh, it's really hard sometimes. I'll be honest with you. It's really hard sometimes when somebody's done something against me. For for me to you know for me to forgive that. But uh, I have learned again that you know I follow what God says, uh, and it's really hard when family does it. You know, is the ones that are you know causing you the problems. But um, if you you know just you know, asking God to forgive you for the, the offense that you're holding in your heart. Get that cleaned out. And then that gives God more room to be able to come in and, and use you to minister to those people. So, you know, if you, you know, but like God, the word says, if you don't forgive any, you know, these other people that have caused you wrong, then God's not going to forgive you. Um, so that's one of the, even, even if I don't know that I've offended somebody, there are times when I have offended people here, and I didn't know it until they went to pastor and and you know told him that they were offended by me. Um, but I, you know, that's another thing. I try to do periodically, you know, just God, if I've offended anybody, forgive me, and have them forgive, you know, have them forgive me, and let's you know move on. And so, you know, it's just that attitude. Uh-oh. Well, that was everything I had. So we are going to. Do you have a a last song? Oh, for the offering? You can pull something up. (laughs) Why don't you go ahead and come on down, Ray? Go ahead and get your offering ready. No. plus.